Bring me shelter. I will not harm you. Bring me shelter, please. Bring me shelter. I will not harm you. I would shelter you. People would do anything for their families. It could happen to anyone anytime. Somebody in France, somebody in England basically sat down with a ruler and just drew lines on that. There are many different ethnic and religious groups that have been divided across borders, and this has caused a significant amount of conflict. There are a lot of people who need safety. It is really cruel for a country like Australia to have policies that are focused only on pushing people away. What we're seeing is a number of people that remain in a state of limbo. And when non-sustainable land use combined with climate change, the crisis of refugees. I wasn't able to go and play with children. I had to go and really be an adult from a very young age. I think that's something that a lot of migrant children can relate to. Really, it was a dream for me to reunite with my family. I was just praying and hoping that that day will come one day. I think it's very important for people to understand that people have their own dreams as well and they're wanting to change the world with everybody else. Refugee Radio, 855 AM, 3CR. We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we. They're 100% cotton and Australian made and you can get one for just $30. They come in black, dark grey and a cool light grey. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 94198377 or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. Good morning, listeners. You are listening to Charmaine on Refugee Radio on 3CR 855 on your AM dial, 3CR Digital and www.3cr.org.au. In today's program, we'll be playing a recording of the protest, No Mandate for Refugee Racism, to bring refugees here and to free Priya and Nadez on the 24th of May, organised by the Refugee Action Collective and Tamil Refugee Collective. This protest sends the government a clear message that they have no mandate for anti-refugee racism. In this recording, speakers from the Refugee Action Collective and Aaron Mai Ivaganam will be talking about Priya, Nadez and their family who now face imminent deportation. They will tell us the implications of the Morrison government having no mandate for indefinite detention and no mandate for deportations to, da- to danger. Although the Morrison election is a setback, we know that this government we know that this is a government that can be fought. My name is Lucy Heinen, I'm from the Refugee Action Collective. And we are all here tonight to send a very, very loud, strong message to Morrison and Peter Dutton that we will not stop. The election on Saturday was bruising for us. There's no hiding that. It's been a rough week of recalibrating. A lot of us were hoping that we wouldn't be...
seeing Morrison and Dutton and their gleeful faces for a very long time. Labor hadn't given us much hope uh, as an alternative on, on the refugee front. The camps, the offshore detention camps are a bipartisan issue. The, the boat turnbacks are a bipartisan focus. But for so many people whose lives have been made a living hell by Morrison and Dutton's endless capacity for cruelty and manoeuvres to create more cruelty, uh, their morbid ability to fester racism in this country, yeah, we were hoping for something different. Uh, a lot of people were hoping that at least 150 people from Manus or Nauru were going to be in New Zealand pretty soon. People on temporary protection visas were definitely hoping that those visas would be turned into permanent protection visas. People like Priya and Nardez and their children were pinning their hopes to Shorten's promise that he would review their cases and potentially let them stay. And all of us were hoping for some wind in our sails to keep the fight going. Because we've known all along that we were going to have to fight a shortened government, but we were hoping for some momentum. Unfortunately for us and for those in the camps, that's not the case. As we've re we're, we're, we're pulling ourselves together this week. But fortunately for us, we know probably better than any other group of organised activists in this country that every single victory that we win is wrought out of activists on the ground, out of people organising on the streets, out of ordinary people speaking up, refusing to be cowed by governments or bureaucrats, by refugees themselves resisting and resisting and drawing on more strength and resisting some more. So while we were hoping for something different, we are so prepared to fight the Morrison government. We know how to fight this government and we will not stop. We know the crisis on Manus and Nauru continues. This week we saw a fresh round of suicide attempts. 12 more people attempted to kill themselves at least. Five of them in what they are calling hospitals uh, in, in, in Manus Island. And in the face of that, the very predictable response from Morrison is just to say that first cab off the rank for him in terms of refugees is to get rid of the Medivac bill. Shame. We won't let that happen. That Medivac bill, we won. We won it after months and months of fighting. We won it because people, doctors, nurses, refugees, people like us, the people who are here every Friday night have fought for that Medivac bill. There is no way that we are going to see that Medivac bill uh, taken apart and it looks like the Senate won't let that happen either. But 40 people off, thanks to that Medivac bill, 40 people off 
is good, but it is not enough. And we know that we can get every single one of those people on Manus and Nauru brought to Australia. It doesn't matter if Morrison and Dutton don't want it to happen. It doesn't matter. We will keep fighting. We know that we can do it. We know that we can do it and that we are powerful. And there are many, many signs of that. One is the fact that we got that bill through. Another is the fact that during his election campaign, Morrison, the one-man show, who really didn't set any kind of agenda whatsoever, the one thing that he did say about refugees during his election campaign was that he said, one of the first things I did as PM was to continue to work to ensure that every child and every family was off Nauru. Absolute lies and hypocrisy. Again, that was us. That was everybody here tonight and everybody here who was here on Palm Sunday and everybody who was stood up in this fight for refugee rights. We got those kids off. Despite Morrison and the millions of dollars that he spent trying to detain them, trying to stop people taking them to Australia to safety, we got them off. But hilariously, Morrison has tried to claim that as part of his legacy. And in that election campaign, he could not afford to run refugee racism. It wasn't a Tampa election. He could not afford to run on a stop the boats agenda. And that is another one of our victories, that he tried to run on the mandate of having brought kids off Nauru. We need to make sure that he knows, and that's why we're here tonight, to say you don't have a mandate for refugee racism. You do not have a mandate for Manus and Nauru. People in this country, insofar as they know what is happening in those camps, and by and large they don't, but insofar as they do, they hate it. It is the sick heart of that Liberal government, and anybody who knows about what's happening in those camps knows the truth of this Liberal government. And it's our job to spread the word about what they are and who they really are. There is no mandate for those camps. There is no mandate for sending refugees back. There is no mandate for Priyat Nardes and those kids going back to Sri Lanka. But just as there's no, no mandate for the Liberals, it's really important as the Labor Party mops themselves up after the election and tries to figure out what they did wrong we need to be very clear that their error was not in being too generous for refugees. They cannot put down their loss to having been too open-hearted or being too so-called soft on refugees. If anything, if anything, the lesson is it doesn't matter and that you might as well, if you're going to lose an election, you might as well run on genuine principles, on the truth of what happens and what needs to happen to welcoming refugees to this country. So tonight, we're saying it loud and saying it clear and declaring war on this government's anti-refugee intentions. We're going to hear from two speakers 
The first speaker, Aaron Mulvaganam, is going to be speaking about Priya and Nardez, who are facing because because of all of the all of the changes to the legislation and because um, because they have reached the absolute end of all legal possibilities, they are facing deportation, and we are going to have to fight very hard to keep them here. So we're here. We're here to declare our intentions on that front and we're here to, to hear as well from Beirouz Bouchani who will be speaking shortly as well via phone link up about the fight to close Manus and bring those refugees here. So first we're going to hear from Aaron. Can everybody please make him very welcome? Thanks, Lucy, for the introduction. I would like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners of this land, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I would like to pay my respect to their elders past and present. It's been a terrible week for Australians. It's been a terrible week uh, in politics in general, but for refugees, it's been a lot worse. Re-election of Morrison government has created fear among many, uh, many people, including refugees in the Tamil community. On Sunday, after the election results uh, was announced, I received tens of phone calls from Tamil asylum seekers who were heartbroken by the election outcome. Morrison's election means many Tamils will face deportation back to Sri Lanka. There are hundreds of refugees who have been denied their protection visa through a flawed system set up by Morrison and now have their cases uh, before the, the court. They don't have the time to wait for another election. This election outcome could be a death sentence if we don't mobilize and build a mass movement that Morrison and his core can't ignore. We must shield these refugees from Morrison's terror in the coming days and weeks and months. There are so many young refugees who are studying in high schools. If we don't have a rapid response, these kids will not have a chance to rebuild their lives in our community. Tamils know what an evil man Morrison is. While he was the immigration minister, he invited Gotabaya Rajapaksha, a mass murderer who slaughtered over 70,000 Tamils in the final days of the war in Sri Lanka to Canberra in 2014. He then, shame, he then promised to send all Tamil asylum seekers back to Sri Lanka. Morrison did everything he could to hide the torture and sexual violence inflicted upon Tamil people and help Sri Lankan government to whitewash its genocidal crimes against Tamils. And this man went to the extent of detaining over 157 Tamil asylum seekers, including a two-year-old girl, for over a month on high seas in 2014. 
and we have no doubt he will try to deport Thiria and Nadej and their two children. This family is living under so much fear now. They have been in constant communication with me in the last five days since the election result was announced. When our, when our government first tried to deport this family, they did it without giving any notice. They could do that in the coming days without giving any notice. We only have maybe a matter of weeks. You know, they could be facing deportation back to Sri Lanka very soon and we need to be prepared to take any action. Gopika and Tarunika, their two children, are Australian-born kids. They have spent most of their life in detention now. When they were first taken into detention, the children were separated from their parents who were handcuffed. You know, at that time, I, I, I was in touch with the family. The family was basically constantly in tears over what they experienced. They have gone through so much terror over the last 16 months. We must act urgently. We must act even if it means breaking the laws. This family can't be deported back to Sri Lanka. It's been a terrible month for uh, people in Sri Lanka. Uh, there is uncertain future there. Uh, after killings of over 250 people uh, during the Easter, uh, Easter celebration. Sri Lankan military is using the Easter attacks to, uh, as an excuse to harass Tamils in the north and east of Sri Lanka. Muslim people are facing so much terror at the hands of singular Buddhist extremists. Muslim uh, businesses and homes have been attacked by the extremists. Pakistani refugees who are living in Sri Lanka had to be uh, moved to uh, secret locations after coming under attack from the Sinhalese chauvinists. Thousands of Muslims have been forced to flee their homes. Many Muslim shops have been burned down. Mosques have been pelted with uh, uh, stones. And Piriya and Nadej are from Batikalova, one of the areas that's been t the target of Easter bomb attacks that has also come under, under target from Sri Lankan military as well. Friends, this family can't be deported back to Sri Lanka. Their lives will be in danger, just like we did with the Let Them Stay campaign. We must organize in our community. We must organize in our workplaces. We must intensify our campaigns till this family is allowed to stay here, till they allow all other refugees to stay in this community. Thank you. Hey Dutton, Kira Sayer, Priya Nadez and kids must stay. Hey Dutton, Kira Say, Priya Nadez and kids must stay. Hey Dutton, Kira Say, Priya Nadez and kids must stay. Hey Dutton, Kira Say, Priya Nadez and kids must stay. Hey Dutton, Kira Say. Free and our dead and kids must stay.
thank you and thank you Aaron. We're having a bit of trouble getting onto Beirut. Uh, so while Abby's just gonna um, try and call him, I just thought I would, Aaron talked about the Let Them Stay campaign and redoubling our efforts in terms of making, replicating that campaign and making sure that this family can stay. And I just thought I'd remind people about, about exactly what that looked like. We fought tooth and nail to make sure that people who had been brought via medical evacuation to Australia were able to stay in Australia, mothers who had given birth and their babies, to make sure that they weren't taken back to Nauru to live their formative tiny years on that hellhole. And it came to a standoff. We, we lost legal battle after legal battle and actually it felt a bit like this moment when we lost those legal battles. When the institutions that are supposed to be, you know, the democratic safeguards have failed you, then in that moment we had to step into the breach. And what we started organising was just workplace actions. They were workplace selfies where nurses at different hospitals started taking photos with just little signs saying, let them stay in groups of workers. Teachers at different schools started doing the same. We had an action of healthcare workers. It wasn't huge, it was about 50 people up at the Department of Immigration. We had rallies here that got bigger and bigger and bigger as people felt like they had to be the democratic force to stop the crazy thing from happening. And that's how we kept building and building until the crisis point where a tiny baby called Asha, who had been brought to Australia because she had burnt, she'd been burnt in Nauru because of the dangerous situation that she was living in there, she was brought to Lady Salento Hospital in Brisbane. And because of the huge because of the, the huge level of support, because of the protests that were building and building and building, the healthcare workers in that hospital, the doctors and nurses, and in fact even the hospital management felt like not only confident, but morally obliged to say no to the immigration department when they tried to remove that baby from the hospital to take her to, the, to what they knew would be detention and then a pathway back to Nauru. So when the hospital decided that they were gonna take that stand, they knew that they couldn't hold that stand on their own and they called the Queensland Trade Unions, they called the ACTU and from that point there was a round the clock vigil of union activists holding fort outside that hospital, making sure that any vehicle that came in did not leave with that baby in it. It was a truly spectacular moment of social justice trade unionism. We did that. That was us. It wasn't us in Queensland, but it was people like us in Queensland who felt confident to do that because of people like us who keep turning up. That happened and baby Asha wasn't taken back. But when we win victories like that, it doesn't just stop at that individual. Actually, none of the children who had been brought under that legislation who have still not an ounce of legal protection, they still could be taken back to Nauru right now. 
But because of what we did, the government is not confident, will not touch those kids, knows that they will be poking the dragon that is us if they try and do that. So that's, that's what we need to do with Priya and Nardez because it's not just Priya and Nardez, as Aaron said. It's thousands of Tamils. And actually somebody, somebody just came up to me before while Aaron was speaking, talking about the fact that she's got, she hasn't seen her family member for six years, that her daughter can't retrain, that her son can't get work as a carpenter, because of all of the layers of refugee racism and hostility and bureaucracy that are trying to choke and kill people who come here seeking asylum. It's for all of them and we can do it. We need to pick battles one by one and win them and we can. So I urge everybody, there are so many different groups and organisations who have been part of this. This rally has been organised by the Refugee Action Collective and we have a meeting every single Monday night to try and work out what we are going to do next. We need you coming to those meetings. We need help organising these protests, coming up with creative ways to respond, going out to communities, having stalls, organising conversations, working out the media. We need your help every Monday night at 6.30. Come and help us out, come and help organise. But there are other groups as well. Unionists for Refugees, Teachers for Refugees, medical students have already hit the ground running with an open letter to Morrison saying, we are not gonna let you touch the medical evacuation bill. All of the church organisations, all of the different local community groups and one more shout out to the people who are here every single Friday night, even when the rest of us aren't, protesting, speaking out, collecting signatures. Well done. We're not gonna be able to get onto Beirut tonight. It doesn't sound like we can. So we're going to be wrapping up with a few chants. Uh, but before we do, I wanna just tell you about two two things to come along to for, for the Refugee Action Collective. The first is um, a, a post-election strategy discussion. If there's one, if you are despairing and you want to know what you can put your energy and activity into, this is the meeting to be at. It's at 6.30, Monday the 3rd of June uh, at the Australian Nurses and Midwifery Federation down on Elizabeth Street. Grab a, uh, a leaflet from the rack stall. And the second is the rally six years too long, Saturday, July 20, 2 p.m., right here. We'll be rallying together, so see you here on that day. Come and get some leaflets, let your friends know. Let's make this one massive. We're actually, I said chance, but we're actually gonna finish off with some music. Oh, one more thank you, actually, to Evo Lenz, who has lit the night up with our messages. I love seeing the State Library, but also Melbourne Central. It's such a 
a great use of public space to have our messages all over it. Um, shaking the tree are gonna are, are going to um, see us off with some heartfelt tunes. Thank you very much, everybody, for coming tonight. Listeners, in today's refugee program, refugee radio program, we play the recording of protests no mandate for refugee racism organised by the Refugee Action Collective and the Tamil Refugee Collective. That's all we have time for now. Thank you for listening to Refugee Radio and I hope you tune in again next week to 3CR 855 on your AM dial, 3CR digital and www.3cr.org.au. We appreciate like you mob and all the people coming and visit us and doing stuff like this, you know, it's very good. It keeps a positive mindset in our mind, you know, and we really appreciate it. Because of her we can, yeah. I wanna be a better, better man, yeah. Because of her we can. Beyond the Bars is 3CR's annual prison project, giving voice to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander inmates across Victoria. You can listen to audio from this year and previous years online anytime. How do you rehabilitate someone? They just put you in a cell and tell you this is how long you're going to do and it's meant to rehabilitate you, you know? Rehabilitation starts when you get out. That's when your life begins again, doesn't it? In here, your life's on hold. Just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars. Or if you'd like us to post you a free CD, contact the station on 03 when I first come to this jail, it was about 10 years ago, and, and I was a young one. A whole heap of young ones come off the truck there the other day, and they called me Auntie Marlene, so it helped me recognise and realise that I like, pulled myself up like, yeah. They starting to look up to me, so I've got to represent and do the right thing now. Just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars. Like an ancestor, you'll know.